You're listening to the Hockey Podcast Network, your home for hockey talk covering every team in the NHL. Download at the hockeypodcastnetwork.com or wherever you get your podcasts from. It's Jeff Kay, public address announcer for your Dallas Stars, and you're listening to Starcastic Remarks, part of the Hockey Podcast Network. Go Stars! Hey guys, and welcome back to Starcastic Remarks. Alongside my brother Chris, to my right, my name is Ryan Chambers. We are the official Dallas Stars podcast of THPN. Go and use that promo code THPN. Next time you go and use DraftKings Sportsbook. We appreciate them for being our sponsor the Dallas Stars do go into St. Louis tonight on the second night of a back-to-back, and they do fall in overtime by a final score of 4-3. to three. Chris, how are you doing today? How are you feeling? And what did you think about this game today? Yeah, honestly, it was it, it was one of those games where the Stars don't play a full 60 minutes, which is a little bit frustrating, but also a little bit expected on the second night of a back-to-back after a pretty emotional game against the Senators last night. Overall, I'm happy with the start. The starters' starts have sucked this season, and this start was fantastic. Exactly what you want to do on the road: jumped on the Blues and made them pay for not being ready to play. They really did that very well. But the second half of the first period and the entirety of the second period was some pretty awful hockey all around. But to be able to rally back when you were playing your sixth period in 48 hours and to come back and tie it and play good enough defense to keep them from scoring was really good to see. That pressure was solid from the Stars. They could have won this in regulation, actually. It was kind of some miracle goaltending by Bennington that didn't make it so. So overall, it's a pity point, but I think it's as good as a pity point can get. I got two original thoughts from this game tonight. First off, Razor kind of like super hijinks us tonight. It happened twice. Uh, first, there he was talking about the uh, the power play of the St. Louis Blues. And of course, as soon as he starts talking about it, they score a power play goal. And then he talks about the fact that the stars are kind of hanging in there for a little while when it's two to two and St. Louis takes the lead three to two, which is really weird. He like, he never does that. He never hijinks the stars, but he did tonight. And uh, I'm very much among the same mindset as you, Chris is I, I really liked the way they started. The power play goal seemed to rejuvenate the St. Louis blues after the stars went up, up two to nothing. And then the, it was really gutsy by the stars that effort in the third period. I, I mean, and great on the coaching staff, by the way, to just realize that the top three lines were dead tired. They weren't getting anything going. And, and I mean, that's probably the next best thing you can do other than switch goalies to kind of rejuvenate your guys and get them at least a little bit of energy. And that coaching decision by the board tonight gave the stars a, uh, an, an extra point that they probably wouldn't have gotten otherwise. Yeah, it worked out really well. And it was really weird, too, because it wasn't like they just scrambled the lines and they stuck with that the whole third period. It, the whole period, even after they scored the goal, the lines were just shifting the whole time. It was really, really weird, but it worked out really well. And all the guys bought into it super well, too, and put a ton of pressure on the Blues. And like I said earlier, they they could have scored a couple goals there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agreed. And uh, I just thought that it was it was a really big character third period for dallas it really was yeah and it 
that St. Louis played played well tonight. They did. They probably deserved the win over the Dallas Stars, but it, it it was a little bit frustrating in how the game ended tonight. Um, I don't. One of the decisions that was a little confusing was the fact that you throw Miro out there to begin overtime when you know he's. I mean, the guy's played like 50 minutes in the last two games, and he's yeah. and it's the second night of a back to back. And Harley has looked good, and we'll talk about him in a little bit. But uh, the, the the second frustrating thing for me, other than the way the game ended, was that the fact that we actually lost the special teams battle tonight. Uh, the, we go over one on the penalty kill, and then over three on the power play. So on on a night that it it, it we feel okay, you know, getting the overtime loss tonight. This could have could be viewed by some stars fans as a point loss as well yeah i mean you score one of those power play you score the power play goal after the failed challenge which i think was a pretty bad challenge you go up three to nothing i mean that's that's almost it right there you go up three to nothing on on the blues team they have a lot more talent than you could take it away and not scoring that one was a big deal and then the blues bounce right back keep it a game with their own power play goal yeah, not great for the for the special teams from the Stars, which have been really good recently too. So it was definitely a little bit frustrating there on the special team side. I don't I don't see that as being a, a big deal in the future, but it, it was not timely tonight. That's for sure. The watching the power play tonight reminded me of before the Minnesota game when the Stars went like four for five on the power play. Before this gotcha. power play really started getting going, I was just like, we're we're not winning faceoffs when we need it, and when you when we didn't win the faceoffs. That our zone is we could just never get set up. Yeah. So and uh speaking of how terrible the St. Louis power play has been, they actually hired Brad Richards, which uh for like hardcore stars fans who have been around for a while will recognize that name. Uh he was originally gotten by the Dallas Stars in a trade back in 2008, I believe. And uh he he was a former Dallas Star, and they actually hired him because just specifically to look at the power play to try and fix the power play because of how bad it's been. So uh, I guess it works tonight in in their favor, but it was just super frustrating for the uh, special teams here tonight. Two former stars on the Blues bench. I got Steve out there too. Yeah, I forgot. Well, I, I guess that's not a big surprise considering Doug Armstrong is their GM, who was also the former Dallas Stars GM. So, but yep. anyway, uh, a couple of couple of players I kind of wanted to talk about tonight, Chris. Uh, I mentioned him very briefly. Harley. Harley is the number two defenseman for the Dallas Stars right now. Yeah, he is. And we, I talked about it a little bit uh, last week. I talked about a little bit about it yesterday uh, when I did the solo episode. But he he is the number two defenseman on this on this group for the Dallas Stars right now. Yeah, that's 100% true. And he needs to be played as such, especially like we saw in the third period. Harley and Miro playing together was so it was so easy getting out of our own zone. And like I talked about a few games ago, getting that transition from your own zone into the offensive zone and creating pressure that way was so much more effective when both those guys were on the ice. And and you could see the contrast tonight really well too, because Hawk and Pod and Lindell couldn't move anything out of their own end. I mean, seeing that contrast was pretty drastic between Haskin and Harley and Hawk and Paul Lindell. I didn't exactly think that Hawk and Paul and Lundell played bad tonight. And I mean, they had a couple of instances where 
they couldn't get out of their own zone, but they got some good help from forwards when those instances happened. Uh, there was one particular one I'm thinking of when Marchment was out there and he was able to help. Uh, there was another one where Hintz was down there deep in his own zone and he was able to help get it out as well. Um, but I would really like to... I don't think they played exclusively together in the third period, but because I think Miro played with a little bit of everybody just like he did last game. Uh, but... I mean, if you, you got to think that Pete DeBoer is is certain to lean towards this idea, at least a little bit. I mean, like, and I know as Stars fans, we don't know near as much about hockey as Pete DeBoer does, but it really feels like that's something that needs to happen and needs to stay together that way. Yeah, at least be played a little bit more. I mean, I know Miro's going to play with everybody at some point, but the, the Harley Miro thing needs to happen more, especially when you need a momentum shift in the game too. I feel like that's a good time to, to pull that card. Cause I mean, it, it's maybe not a good idea because of the situation, like I said, you want to have one of those two guys on the ice, at least to get the puck out of your own zone. But when you need some offense going the other direction, having both those guys makes a big difference. And I think that's a big reason why our third period pressure was so good is because we were able to get out of our zone just so easily. It, it, I mean, it was no problem. It was getting out of our zone quick, getting it to the right guy moving through the neutral zone and getting through the neutral zone was easy too. So it just makes everything so much easier when your first pass is good. What did you think about some of the other defensemen tonight other than Miro or Harley? Because honestly, like even Suter, he, he had his, he had an issue or two, but he also had some good defensive plays in his own zone, uh, I thought. So uh, other than Suter, w- what, are, what did you see from... Nils coming back in the lineup. What'd you see from Essa or Yanni? Yeah, I think Nils played pretty bad, honestly. I think all three of those guys, I wouldn't give them a great score for tonight's game. I, I thought Lindell and Hockenpah were really getting stucker in their own zone pretty bad. I thought Lundqvist made a couple of pretty, pretty terrible passes, honestly, in his own end as well. Um and y'all know I'm I'm a I'm a Nils stand, so I I I look for all the good in him. And I saw just too much bad, in my opinion, too much risky passes that I mean, just I felt like weren't going to work. So I, I honestly did not love the defense tonight, giving up four goals again. I mean, I don't remember the last time we gave up less than four in a game. It's it's been a while. I honestly don't think Lundqvist played as bad as you as you're saying, Chris. I, I did I did see some of the passes, but some of most of the passes he made were in the offensive zone, so I, I, it wasn't consequential from a defensive standpoint. Now I don't know what to make of uh, Josh Moore's comment over here. Josh Moore seven two seven. Lundqvist looked like he was playing scared. I I don't know if I agree with that or not. To be completely honest with you, I, I honestly thought he had an okay game. I, I really did. I, I thought he had some some good defensive plays that he made, and there were some there was also some good offensive plays that he made as well. I, I don't think he played a game in w- that warrants him staying in the lineup, but I don't think he it he played a game that warrants him pulling him at, back out. So, I mean, we'll see what. Uh, the board does on Monday when the stars go back and play their third game in four nights. But I, I mean, I, honestly, if I were the I'd probably leave him, leave him in there. Oh, <laughs> Chris, I guess left. He'll, he'll be back in a second. <laughs> um, 
Anyways, uh, what what I was getting at with uh, Nils Lundqvist. What happened there? Sorry, I don't know. I hit a, I just hit a button on accident. I'm not using my <laughs> computer. I'm using James's. I blame James. Well, you didn't miss my anything. Uh, so, so you you so you obviously don't agree with my assessment of Nils Lundqvist then. No, I don't think he played very good tonight. Honestly, I I I get where uh, where 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 Jashmore. I don't know how to say that. I get where he's coming from with his comments. I mean, it feels like he just is trying not to screw up, and that's not how you want to play hockey. That's especially in the NHL. He gets a little bit more context here. Scared of making a mistake, which caused some of the bad passes. Playing nervous. Okay. That I could, yeah, I, that's I might what, yeah, that's what I was saying. Maybe, yeah. maybe some of it, but uh, I don't, I don't know. Maybe, maybe, but it, it, it is a decent point, and I could see how how he could see that. It, Absolutely, that's that's how I feel like his whole year has been going. Honestly, I mean, he's just trying to not screw up, and it's it's not working out great. All right, uh, I want to move on to another player who I thought played really well tonight, and. Probably another big reason why the Stars even got a point out of this game. Uh, Wedgwood? Wedgwood played above average for a backup netminder tonight. And he played yeah. above average last night, too. And considering the alternative, uh, no offense to O'Brien, the uh, e-bug, the emergency <laughs> yeah. backup. But, like, considering the, the alternative, which is having O'Brien in the net, I thought he... I thought Wedgwood played fantastic. You couldn't ask much more of him. He played solid. He played a good game. I mean, that's what you want from your backup goalie is to give you a chance to win. He absolutely did that. And technically, O'Brien was not an e-bug because there is a rule. You have to start the game with two goaltenders. So the oh, Stars signed true. him to, so, a uh, to an amateur, professional tryout. amateur tryout. So yeah. he is a official player of the Dallas Stars, actually. So Actually, they, they signed him to an amateur tryout. Amateur, oh, tryout. amateur tryout. Yeah, what? so he... He doesn't even get to. Uh, he doesn't even get paid for the game. Oh, because it think might go into the cap. I think that might be what it is, actually. Well, well, so so for an amateur tryout, you don't get paid. For a professional tryout, I I think you do get paid. Is is the way yeah. that I understood. But it. I think if he was signed to a professional tryout, he might have to be counted to the cap for whatever it is. So that might be why they didn't do that one. That's funny. <laughs> that is True. weird. But I knew. I saw going into the game. I didn't know that they had signed him to a a one day thing, and I was like. How are they doing that? I thought there was a rule against that. And then they explained it later. I was like, ah, I was right. But that is ah. a very sneaky way to get around that. So anyway, moving on from Wedgwood, I, I, the only thing you have to hope for is they don't overplay him because. Uh, well, I we, think you're going to overplay him. I mean, you can't play any other goalie. Honestly, you can't play Murray. You you're going to have to, if, if Otter is out for, let's say a month, you have if to he's play up for a month, either Murray to. or Poirier. You have to play I, either Murray or Poirier at some point. I think since Otter is not on the IR right now, I think he's not going to be out a month is is my speculation, honestly. I think if he was going to be out for that long, we would have we would have seen him go to the IR and call up Fair. the backup. Fair. <laughs> hey, guys, it's Ryan here. Bet the action on the ice with DraftKings Sportsbook. For some of the money line odds for the games tomorrow on the 15th, the Flyers and the Hurricanes, the Flyers have a plus 210, the Hurricanes have a minus 258. You can also take a look at the Kraken and the Oilers, two of the bottom feeders of the Pacific. 
The Kraken at a plus 154, the Edmonton Oilers at a minus 185, and then you've got also the high-flying Canucks against the Islanders. The Canucks are at a minus 155, and the Islanders are at a plus 130. Download the app now and use the code THPN. New customers can get 150 bucks instantly in bonus bets for betting just $5 on hockey. That's code THPN, only on DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NHL. The crown is yours. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 877-8-H-O-P-E-N-Y or text H-O-P-E-N-Y. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort. 21 plus, age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash hockey for eligibility and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. NHL and the NHL Shield are registered trademarks of the National Hockey League. All rights reserved. Uh, Ardell over here, another talking point I want to discuss. That first goal, uh, or was it the first goal? Or... Yeah, it was the first yeah, goal. first goal. Oh, that was goodness. the nastiest. What? Oh, man. What Maybe the best... Maybe the best like play we've seen by a complete line this year. That was some insane passing. It was crazy. I literally didn't even like cheer. I just gasped. I went. Yeah, oh. I know. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it, it was. It, it was something to behold. I will say that it, it was crazy. The tic tac toe play on that. It was. It was a beautiful play by Sagan. First off, to get the puck to Marchment to even allow him to get it open. But of course, who are we talking about again? Who sets the whole thing up? It's Duchesne who sets the whole thing up again. So the guy is very quickly like, and very secretly becoming the MVP of the Dallas stars right now, because I I, I listened to a couple of podcasts today uh, because I had all this free time in the world today. And uh, they were talking about the fact that, you know, is this line of Duchesne, Marchment, and Sagan starting to overtake the role as the number one line for the Dallas Stars right now? Because you, you could you could make that argument uh, based off of the offense that they have been producing. They have been probably the best line for the Dallas Stars the last month and a half. So what what do you think? Is that something that you would you would give them top line minutes and and reduce the minutes of the other three? Well, I was actually talking to dad about this while we were watching the game and numbers wise, the top line is still, still the best line. They have the best stats on the stars so far. Um, the only reason for that though, is because the power play finally picked up and they're finally playing good again. Right. So if you're talking five on five best line. I think it's without a doubt that Duchesne Sagan Marchman line. I mean, they've been fantastic. And especially again, it's been Duchesne. Getting Duchesne on a $3 million contract was, I'll, I'll say wizardry again, by uh, Jim Nell there. And he's really rejuvenated Sagan and Marchman as well and allowing both of them to kind of get their 
stats back up to where they kind of where we expect them to be. Yeah, I think that's going to be the offseason signing of the year. But the only issue is we got to make it count this year. We only got one one year of them. And that's pretty much guaranteed. It would take a miracle to get him back on the team with the numbers he's about to put up. It, it, it definitely seems that, that that is the case. So, but uh, I'm trying to think of anything else, but I, there's nothing off the top of my head that I, I'm thinking about. Is there something you want to bring up, Chris? Nope. O'Brien did a great job. Love that guy. My favorite backup goalie in the league. <laughs> uh, uh, Dodonov, actually, I, I guess we should mention Dodonov getting the, the tip goal uh, from the mirror point shot to tie it up. Again, really love the way that they played in the third period. Yeah, good line uh, scramble. And that, that play specifically was really great. I mean, Dodonov puts the stick out there for Miro to shoot at. Miro shoots it directly at the stick, and Dodonov gets the perfect deflection. I mean, that's just an amazing play and fully intentional. Miro knows exactly what's going to happen. Dodonov knew exactly what was going to happen and just executed flawlessly. That was like a fantastic tip play to get that goal to go in. And they had to do it because Bennington was so great in that third period and held off so much other other stuff. And it took a perfect play, and the Stars got a perfect play. It was awesome. So. Uh, looking back at my notes, because again, I took a bunch of notes. There's there's two things, and they're more on the negative side, and, and then we'll wrap it up and do our biggest winner, biggest loser. Because Chris has an important thing to to do tomorrow, so he's got to get some sleep. But uh, first of the two things I wanted to talk about is this argument that I saw on X. Uh, on X, I think it was Gavin Spittle of the Spits and Suds podcast talking about the fact that what a lot of teams do against the stars in order to get them off their game is to be physical. That's not something I really considered watching this game tonight or watching previous games, but what do you, what do you think about that argument and the fact that the stars are not able to handle the physicality of teams and that's how, you know, their opponents get them off their game. Is there anything to that argument? Regular season, there might be something to that argument in an isolated one-game set because um, that definitely is part of what sparked the Blues kind of come back into the game. They started throwing their weight around, getting a few big hits, getting the crowd into the game, and that for sure helped them out. But we've seen from, from last year in, in that Minnesota Wild Series that you can't out-physical the Stars. They did everything possible to try and just beat the Stars into the ground, and they couldn't do it. And the stars outscored it. Yeah. So I, I think maybe in an isolated one game set, that can get you some momentum going whenever the stars are, are rolling all over you. But I, I think if you're looking at playoffs, which is honestly what I care more about when you're talking about like overall, how good is this team actually? I, I think you don't need that. It, that high level of physicality. The stars can do that. They can throw their weight around. They've shown that in isolated games this year. That first game against uh, Vegas is what I think about. If they want to throw their weight around, they can. The reason they don't is because we win more games when we don't throw our weight around. We win more games when we play hockey the way that we play hockey and don't fight into that. So if a game calls for that and we need to do it, I, I believe the stars can. I think they have a better chance of winning when they don't. Okay, fair enough. The The thing I was thinking about, though, is the way that the Stars played in the third period. They It was very much very simple hockey. They did not... It, they didn't do their their typical run-and-gun kind of 
north-south offense that they normally do, like rush chances. It was dump the puck in, keep it simple, go after the puck, win the puck battle, figure out something from there, whether it's a point shot or whatever. And that goes that goes forward when you see the Dodonov goal. The, the Dodonov goal was the perfect example of that. Even so, then, what gets us going there isn't the physicality of the forecheck. It's the tenacity of it and getting after I think the it's, puck I think and it's working both. to the puck. I, 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 think it's I don't think it's physical, honestly. I, I don't think there was much physicality in that forecheck at all. I think it was getting to the puck, attacking the puck more than attacking the player, and that's what wins us those, those forecheck battles, honestly. I agree that situationally, like especially when the Blues were throwing the weight around in that period, giving a little bit back, I think, can push the momentum back that direction too. But if you can't, the problem with that is you can't let that keep going and going. Because if you spiral into that, we're going to get beat because we don't, we can't out physical another team. If we try and out physical, then we're going to lose. We have to outplay them. So you can push back a little bit when they're pushing, but you can't, you can't let them draw you into that type of game. And that's what Minnesota tried to do to us. And that's honestly why I think we lost game three is because we tried to get into that with them. And you don't want to do that, especially when you know you're going to lose that battle. Star stopped doing that. Next three games won all of them. So I, I like physical hockey too. I wish to see it was more physical, honestly. I think it'd be more fun. But I think that's not how we win hockey games. Ardell saying, Alexiak, we miss you, dude. Absolutely. Dude. Yeah. Imagine if we still had Alexiak and Steven Johns was still playing in the NHL right now. Yeah, a solid, yeah. A solid number four defenseman right now would be incredible. Either one of those guys could be solid number four defenseman, and yeah, Suter would not be a thing, around. I would think. So yeah, we're about to we're about okay. to trade an arm and a leg for a guy like Alexiak. Yeah. Anyways, the last thing I wanted to discuss, and this is something I wrote down in my notes, and something I've noticed over the again, the last month or so, is what kind of led to St. Louis getting back into the game was their inability, was the Stars' inability to decrease the number of rush chances that St. Louis was getting. And I still think this goes back to they're taking more chances with the defensemen going into the offensive zone. They're trying to get an extra guy in there. But they keep turning the puck over at the offensive blue line, it seems like, or they're uh, like quite often. And then even if the defenseman doesn't get involved in the rush, there's still only the defenseman back and the, the forwards are not getting back in, in enough time to get rid of more offensive rush chances for their, the, the, bleh, excuse me, for the opposing team. So that's something that I've noticed more that I wish the stars would kind of decrease is the amount of rush opportunities for the other team. Yeah, Agreed? I think it's just I think it's just taking unnecessary risk when you're on the blue line. We're trying to make cute little passes when you should just dump it in. Like if you don't have a, a, a clean pass going into the offensive zone, just put it deep. And that's kind of what I felt like we got to in that third period, like you were saying. Like if you had a pass, we took it. If we don't, we dump it in, we go get it. And I, I think that's what we need to get back to a little bit more. But I, I kind of wonder, like, if this is a long play thing from DeBoer trying to get the D more involved and kind of it's maybe giving up a little bit of defense. I mean, our defensemen are scoring more recently, especially. So I don't know. Maybe it's something that 
he's long-term trying to figure out and willing to take a little bit of a hit from. I'm not for sure. Cause I, I agree. I, I think the defensemen are way farther up than we've seen them in the past, especially when we're entering the zone, like you said, and I think that's one of the reasons why we've been giving up a lot of rush chances recently, but uh, I don't know. We'll see. All right. Um, anything else? Anything else you can think of? All right, nope. let's do it. Biggest winner, biggest loser. Who's your biggest loser for tonight? My biggest loser, I'm going to give it to the guy that I love. I think Nils Longquist didn't play that great. You disagree with me, but, man, it, I'm rooting for the guy hard. Played, so. I don't think he played amazing. I just don't think he played so terrible that he's going to get scratched in the next game. I didn't think it was awful, but he didn't play good. And when you're trying to win a spot, not playing good is not good. So, <laughs> big L, long. Oh, really? <laughs> okay. Uh, my, I really don't want to give a biggest loser for to any of the Dallas Stars tonight because they all really played really well, and I I, I kind of want to give a biggest loser just to the way the game ended. It sucked the way that the game ended. Didn't even last thirty seconds and into overtime, and especially after all the effort the stars put forward to get it tied to keep it tied in the third period. You yeah, know, that, it just really sucks that they, that they were not able to, to get the extra point. That decision by Miro after winning the draw is pretty terrible one. I mean, trying to take it in three on one in, in overtime when the whole point is possession and even to do it when the one guy who's been dominating us, Kairu is on the ice. I mean, at least wait till Kairu gets off the ice before you try and do something like that, you know? <laughs> so, yeah, I think, yeah, that was not a great way to end the game. It was pretty terrible. Who's your biggest winner tonight, Chris? Biggest winner is my boy, Mahomie Mason Marchment. Scores the goal on that fantastic play. Five shots on goal tonight. Numerous good defensive plays. That guy's been playing absolutely great with that line. He's He's been wonderful ever since he kind of figured it out, I think, about 10 games into the season, maybe 12. But one of the things that the chat was talking about, it was Ardell and Brooke is the fact that he's playing way more disciplined. I think that's the yep. perfect word to describe the way that he's played. Well, it's more disciplined. He's more in control in the offensive zone and he's playing better defensively. He's just overall just playing better. I mean, he's such a big comeback just in this year so far. And we're not even halfway through. It's really awesome to see. I'm going to give my biggest winner to the fourth line tonight uh, because they were the only line that didn't get scrambled up. And I think that says a lot about how Pete DeVore thought of how they were playing. And it seemed like the way that we needed to play tonight was the way that the fourth line has been playing all season. It's it just very simple. Go, go get the puck a little bit more energetic, a little bit more tenacity, the word you used, Chris. And because that's the kind of the game plan that Pete DeBoer went with in the fourth in the fourth period, in the third period, all four lines kind of did that, and they followed the example of the fourth line tonight. I, I mean, I really yeah. think that's true and, and how that game ended up. And because of that fourth line, kind of showing the example to the other three lines of how to get it going tonight in that third period, we were at least able to get a point out of this game. Yeah, that fourth line has been so good pretty much all year. And and, and I'll bite my tongue on the uh, preseason remarks on Steele and Smith. They've been fantastic. And Delhi's been really good this year, too. doesn't really matter who's on the fourth line for us. And cycling, it's been working, too. I mean, keep on doing that because it's helping them out. 
They've mm-hmm. just consistently been getting pressure offensively, super confident in the defensive end. There's almost you almost never look at the fourth line and be like, man, they got really beat tonight. They they're always great. The penalty kill is one of the best in the league, large part and due to them. So th- that fourth line has been fantastic. And they're starting to do what I wanted on offense. They're getting the puck, and as soon as they get an open chance, it's on net. And I love it. They got to keep doing it. It's it's they're going to get a lot of goals. Fox a t- sick toe yes. drag, no finish. Ardell, I thought of Chris. I saw that three point two five. I did. I did exactly that when I saw it play. I was like, "Ooh, look, Fox did a hockey!" But then he didn't get the shot. So he did a thing. He did a thing. He just didn't didn't score like he normally does. But uh, but they do get a goal tonight. Della gets the goal tonight. So you know, good for them on the fourth line. Uh, I thought they were one of our our best lines in the game tonight. So uh, they're my biggest winner. But I'll give my pseudo biggest winner to you, Christian. Because you are actually getting married tomorrow. Ugh, less than big, big, hours. big thing tomorrow. Yep, literally yeah. less than twenty-four hours now. So we're we're really excited for you. And honestly, I'll be totally honest with you. I did not expect you to to do this with me tonight because I thought I don't know. Just thought you'd just be getting ready for the wedding or whatever. So props to you for being here, despite you know the the big day tomorrow. So. Yeah, we had the we had the bachelor party last weekend. Uh, we went to the wrong stars game. Just oof, that was rough. It, it, um, it was the Vegas game. But yeah, I'm just kind of <laughs> trying to distract myself now because anytime I think about it too much, you know, my brain starts spinning. So this was helpful. <laughs> Anyways, but I love you, bud. I'm really excited for you. I'm excited to be there for you tomorrow. I know, I know you're anxious right now. But it's going to be worth it in the end. You and you and Ellie together is exactly how it should be. I'm excited for both of you. This is really emotional. (laughs) Anyways, guys, uh, thank you guys for listening. Uh, For those of you that are listening live, we had up to 15 people in the chat earlier. Thank you guys for listening. And also thank you to those to those of you who are listening live afterwards. We appreciate y'all as well. There's a whole live afterwards, huh? Oh my gosh, it's late. Oh. I'm tired. I, that's that's why I'm drinking this. Where you uh, always this use that excuse, monster. Well, I'm tired a lot, a so it, it does happen. See, you're even snarky, even though you're anxious for tomorrow. Look at you. Oh, the snark doesn't leave. <laughs> it's, it's Anyways, guys, we appreciate it. Go and check out sarcasticremarks.com. Also, sarcasticremarksshop.com for all the latest merch. Along with Chris, my name is Ryan. We'll catch you guys on the flip side. And we hope you guys have a good, fantastic morning, afternoon, evening, whenever you guys are listening. Chris, I know we lost, but you're getting married tomorrow, so you should at least do it anyways. Chris, take us out. Eh, that's okay, boys. (laughs) Bye, guys. See y'all later.